Hello and welcome to episode 143 of TLDR Podcast. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, after we took a one-week break because people were busy, you know? To be honest, it was really just Tyler who uh, couldn't really make this one work because we decided to go to a Dodgers game with Alex, kind of-ish. Alex was free. Tyler had to pay, so Tyler's the real loser. Um, no. <laughs> we couldn't really do it any other day because... Then trading went on like this huge streak of Oilers games where you saw every single California Oilers game there was and then went to an Angels game. So Traden is the real winner out of all of us, I think. The dude had the most fun. So Traden, we're going to go to you first. How was it, man? How was your week? Dude, it was, you know, when you have those like really fun weeks, but then you're, you're kind of like glad it's over because you can kind of relax. Like, I, I, you know, you don't get much sleep when you when you go to when you go to sports games, especially when they start at 7, 730. You're not getting to bed all like it. 11 30 12 and then you got to do it all over again oh yeah and you also have to work that is a thing still so uh you know it, not that i mean i don't want anyone to feel bad for me and that's ridiculous i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying i was i was a bit exhausted and i and it was a nice uh easter sunday to kind of cool it down um yeah the oilers are a wagon boys like a fucking wagon and it was a and it was just a treat to see that live three times in a week um and also unfortunate angels loss in ho- on the home opener but the tailgate james was fucking amazing it was really fun uh for those who didn't realize Trayton went to oilers kings game on tuesday correct yep and Oilers ducks game on wednesday the angels home opener on friday and then flew up to san jose for the oilers san jose game and then flew back that night so very fun hectic and you know energetically draining day week for trading yes, yes alex how was your free dodgers tickets yeah uh the free dodgers tickets were great uh sat in the in the little box seats uh and free food free drinks uh got to walk through the sweet part um that was dope not to like one up trading or anything but I <laughs> that's like music 1 30 in the morning just to put that one out there i had to drive all the way home after um but I did have a really nice uh, side of the road pee uh, in the middle of nowhere, California, <laughs> in the pitch dark. So that was fun. And to top it all off, I gave Tyler a free cookie. So I give you cookie, give you cookie. And <laughs> what was that noise? They were from you, girl. <laughs> that was weird. I respect it. That was weird. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tyler had to pay, like I said, for his Dodger tickets, and uh, we're recording on Tuesday because he couldn't do it Monday. So now. All that's happening, and we're starting late. But he also got a cookie. So Tyler, tell us about your week, man. <laughs> I did get a cookie. I also got a lot of cookies on Easter too. So it was a week of free cookies for me, which is great. <laughs> Not complaining at all. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been a wild week. Uh, a little tired, but hey, it's all good things. Um, work's been good. Team's doing well. Um, like I said, got to see Alex the Dodger game last week. That was a good time. Um, you know, then Easter Sunday with with the, with the family, and then we had a Monday Tuesday games at home. So. It's been a crazy week uh, for sure, but uh, like I said, all 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 for good things. Um, yeah, we're just out here. We're finally recording episode. Uh, feels like forever since we last uh, got to do this. So, again, a little bit of my fault, but hey, we're we're rolling here, so it'll be fun. Yeah, and uh, I want to say a quick shout out and thank you to all three hundred plus listeners who listened to episode one forty two. Can I finish? I believe that's what the episode was called. But thank you all. That's a top three episode for us. We're gonna get right into the podcast. We're going to start with Alex, and he's going to talk NBA play-in. 
Yes. Thank you, James. We are officially sort of to the playoffs because technically the plan doesn't count as the playoffs. So I'm going to say sort of. Um, as James mentioned, we're recording Tuesday night and we had to wait because Tyler's doing whatever the hell Tyler was doing. So one of the games is already over. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks go into South Beach and beat the Heat, uh, which was a little bit surprising. Um, you know, the Heat were number one seed last year, fall of the play-in game, uh, and they were three and one. Uh, and had won like 10 out of 11 over the Hawks recently. And the Hawks just came in and, and beat them. So uh, we're not going to really talk about it because it's already over, but the Hawks are moving on. They will face uh, the Boston Celtics moving forward. And then Miami will have to face uh, one of the other Eastern Conference teams, which we will talk about in a little bit. Uh, on the West side, the Los Angeles Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves are currently playing. Uh, weirdly enough, it feels like the Lakers are not and LeBron and AD are not the biggest storyline coming into this game. Uh, if you guys didn't see on the last day of the season, uh, Rudy Gobert and slow-mo Kyle Anderson got in a fight on the sideline. And then one of their other players punched a wall and broke a hand. Gobert is not there. The other guy whose name is forgetting right now is also not there. Thank you. McDaniels is also not there because he punched a wall like a dummy. Um, so here we are. The game is currently going, but James, uh, you picked to kind of talk about the T-Wolves and the Lakers, um, you know, thoughts on this. And then we'll also have the boys pick their winners for all the other games as well when we get to the end. But uh, James, your Lakers, Alex Rodriguez's Minnesota Timberwolves, uh thoughts on the game uh you know kind of kind of biggest storylines your thought on the go bear situation uh we talked about this off air before we started recording but i do not like kyle anderson like <laughs> that dude has like a seven head it's way up here going on how does he shoot a ball when it takes him 40 seconds to get the ball up to his shoulder how is he in the league first and foremost i'm confused and like the leaked audio that came out after that was like kyle anderson was like you guys gotta make the decision this summer between me and go bear and it's like go bear is a multiple-time defensive player of the year, award winner, is getting paid millions of dollars, and you are, like, paying for – you're getting paid $3 million a year, I think, or something like that, mm. something stupid like that, and you're demanding him relief? I don't understand, dude. You have no room to talk like that. But in terms of this game today, not having Gobert in is a huge difference for the Lakers because now AD can just feast. Because let's be real, man. Cat is not in shape. He doesn't jump more than a millimeter off the ground. He can't really play all that great defense. And if he gets into foul trouble, and he will get into foul trouble, AD's just gonna he's gonna just murder them. And what are you gonna do about Austin Reeves driving in and getting fouls? What are you gonna do about the kick out to D'Lo? And it's like it's almost like a revenge game for D'Lo and Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt. Like all these guys played from Minnesota, and now they're over here and they're hungry and wanting to win. I my ball is in the Lakers corner completely right now. And it's they're down right now after a sloppy start. But let's be real, man. There's three more quarters of this game. And LeBron's going to take over. AD's going to take over. D'Lo's going to have a multitude of threes. Like, it's looking really good for the Lakers team, not good for the Timberwolves team. Yeah, agreed. Um, you made a good point, too. So, the you know, the Lakers are one of the best teams at getting to the foul line. Um, you know, that helps when you have LeBron and AD going to the hoop constantly. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are a team that fouls all the time generally not a recipe for success if you're a team that fouls a lot and you're giving away free points to a team that shoots the shoots free throws a lot so i would agree with james um especially with gobert out like you know i we've bashed on gobert quite a bit on this podcast over the years um but he is still a defensive you know force um especially with a guy like ad who's 
you know, one of the most unguardable players in the NBA. And without them, I think the Timberwolves are going to be in trouble. Um, I mean, Cat and Anthony Edwards could go off and potentially carry them if the Lakers do have kind of an off offensive night. But it does feel like the Lakers depth, uh, which is such a weird thing to say after the last two years, like will finally kind of help push them into the real playoffs. Uh, trade in just real quick. Who do you think is going to win this game? Yeah, I think I think I had to go with the Lakers. Unfortunately, I think James kind of out, you know, spelled it all out. I think the issues with, with the Timberwolves is 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 too much noise for this uh, for this type of game. Yeah, agreed. Tyler, I would assume you're going to pick the Lakers. I'm going to pick the Lakers, although I'm not like super confident about it, just because the Lakers haven't really been consistent all year, and at times we we think that they can finally get it done, and they just don't. Um, but obviously I'm going to keep my hopes up. I think that they're going to pull this one off. I agree with the boys. I think there's a lot of turmoil going on on the, on the T-Wolf side, um, which is not surprising with an A-Rod led team. So there you go. Oh, throwing shots at A-Rod. That's, an, that's another, another one to. of our favorite pastimes on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. So that's a clean, clean sweep for the Lakers in our opinion. Um, they could potentially, if they do win on, uh, or whoever wins this is going to move on to face the Memphis Grizzlies and all of their drama. So it's just drama versus drama. It feels like um, in the NBA, but uh, moving on to the games that are starting tomorrow. So those are the lower seeds. Uh, we'll start in the East uh, Toronto and the Chicago bulls at the Scosche. Don't know if anybody calls it that except for me um, <laughs> in Toronto and James. Yeah. James and I decided that's what we were calling it from now on. Uh, Maple Leafs fans, Raptors fans figure it out. Um <clears throat> So Toronto, the Raptors won uh, two out of three against the Bulls this season. Kind of an interesting little side note. DeMar DeRozan goes back to Toronto for this game after spending, you know, almost a decade up there. So that'll be interesting. But trade in, you're on, as we all know, a huge Toronto guy. Uh, Toronto, and <laughs> Toronto and Chicago. Uh, thoughts on this game, um, you know, key matchups. You're, you're... Yeah, first of all, I want to thank you guys for giving me a nickname. Um, Scotch Bank is actually a bank that we actually deal with. Um, so I can now nickname my contact there that he works at Scosche. I think he would probably yeah. never work with us again, but you know, we'll, we'll let you guys know. <laughs> yeah, keep us updated on that if you, if you, if you, uh, if you let him know. Yeah, I'll let you know. Um, and okay, as for this matchup, obviously, we know, uh, Raptors have, uh, have home court. Uh, as they were the ninth seed, Chicago's ten. I, I look at this. I look at this, you know, matchup, and I think, okay, how how have these teams performed in the last bit here? Uh, you know, in the last ten games, I guess you 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 kind of you know look at them as pretty pair six and four, no problems there. Uh, the Raptors, you know, Fred Van Vliet's been solid. I think that you're going to need to have Fred Van Vliet go, you know, kind of go off if, if the Raptors want to, want to, um, want to win here. I think that the bulls as of late are kind of scary and they're a team that, you know, since March, since March 3rd, they're actually first in, in road wins, uh, which actually is a stark, stark comparison to their, you know, beginning of the season where they were just God awful. They're one of the worst teams on the road and a team that's starting to really get scoring. And we already know they're a pretty solid defensive team. You know, Zach Levine is averaging, um, tw- you know, 27, 27 points since uh, since post all-star game, uh, 53 from the field, 39 from three point range. That's pretty solid. Uh, Nikola Vucevic uh, ranks third in the league this year in double doubles, fifth in the league in rebounds. And Chicago just kind of, to me, 
given the fact that they're riding this huge wave going after after the trade deadline and this whole march has been really solid and the raptors i just don't know what i'm going to get from my top guys and being a team that is one of the only teams in the in the playoffs or play-ins that is you know sub 500 and i and so are the thunder but in the east are the only team that's sub 500 but this last bit of this last stretch they found the scoring, right? And they, we know they have the, the, the defense. I actually am going to pull for the Bulls in this one. Yeah. I mean, I think with Chicago, we talked about at the trade deadline, like they were a team that kind of felt like they needed to pick a direction and then didn't. Uh, but, you know, at least pulled it together well enough to make it and make it into the plan. Um, you know, Zach Levine had an all-star like season. DeMar DeRozan, you know, we talked about it at the beginning of this season, like, he had an incredible year in Chicago last year. And then we all were a little worried about, you know, he's been in the league for a while. Unless you're LeBron James, you start to age and things things kind of fall apart a little bit. He's had a good year. He's still in an elite, elite mid-range shooter. So I agree with you. I think Chicago will go into Toronto and, and win and move on to face um, Miami in the next game to see who ends up that eight seed. Uh, but James, what do you think? Do you have the Raptors or the Bulls moving on to play one more game? I actually have the Raptors moving on for this one. And I'm okay. a big Chicago guy, like typically, but I think the Raptors are just more complete athletically uh, all the way through. And Trey mentioned Levine and uh, DeRozan. And those are their guys, right? Like they're the guys that need to be on at all times, but they're very rarely both on at the same time. More often than not, one guy's on, one guy's off. And at the beginning of the season, both guys were off. And in a playing game, it's a one-game thing, and you're like, you both need to be on for us to win this game against the Raptors. And to be honest, DeRozan's a pretty emotional guy. We all know this. He's gone, he's talked at lengths of his mental like issues that he has going on, like anxiety and depression and all that. So he he knows how he feels and everything. And I think him having a little bit of a homecoming going back to Toronto is going to trigger a little bit of that. And I don't think he'll honestly don't think he's gonna play that well which means Vooch is going to have to be there and carry the load. And I think he's going to have a lot of trouble with all the length that the Raptors possess. It's going to put him into foul trouble. But you get into foul trouble, there goes that double-double. And the Raptors have Potal. Like, come on, guys. Like, you forget, he's a good, good player that they got at the trade deadline. And so <laughs> everything is tilting towards the Raptors for me. Okay. I like that we have some uh, some different opinions this time. Tyler, are you on the James train or are you on the trading train? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is this, this was one of the more the trickier ones I think to predict. Um, and I was kind of kind of honestly I was hoping that you guys would have different picks because I was gonna kind of wait till this last moment to like pick based on you guys' argument. So it worked out perfectly. So great job, Alex. Uh, and ba- based based on what you guys are telling me, I'm actually gonna go on the James train on this one. Um, which again with basketball doesn't happen very often, but I'm hopping on board this time. Um, I agree. I, I, I think the Raptors just have a better team. And I think playing at home in the, in, in these playing tournaments, I think gives them a little bit of an edge here, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be one of the closest of the playing games that we, that we have. I think, I think they're both pretty evenly matched. Um, I'm excited to watch this one, um, but I'm going to kind of slightly toward sling towards the uh, Raptors as well. Okay. So two, two V two on this one. Yeah. I've, I do think we gen, this is generally the kind of the closest matchup, uh, out of you know the four games well i would have said the hawks miami game but it really did not turn out that way but um yeah that one that one will be interesting um and yeah they will whatever one of those teams they'll end up traveling to uh to miami to play um in a couple of days so we will have to just see what happens with that 
Final play-in game, the New Orleans Pelicans, after starting the season like 12-2, and two, fall uh, very much towards the, uh, you know, as the nine seed. And the Oklahoma City Thunder, I said they were going to make the play-in tournament, and I was right. I want to toot my own horn just a little bit. Uh, they are uh, in the play-in tournament without James's favorite player, Chet Holmgren. Um, <laughs> but... For the Pelicans, another oft-injured player is not playing as well, Zion Williamson, who has barely played forever and apparently is healthy but is not Zion-esque yet, whatever the hell that means. So, Tyler, moving on to you, the last play-in game in the West. Um, again, whichever one of these teams wins will face the loser of these Lakers-Minnesota game. Um, but, Tyler, what do you got? Pelicans, Thunder. Yeah, uh, pretty interesting here. So, obviously, from um, – Oklahoma side, you know, kind of a team that um, has been has, has been rebuilding for a little bit, uh, a very young, very unexperienced team that's going to have a chance to kind of prove themselves here um, against a New Orleans team, which is really exciting. Um, I think that they've, they've got some really good talent on that team. And then on the other side, a New Orleans team that's, you know, been a playoff team the last few years and have and definitely has some experience here. Um, I think probably a more complete team than the uh, Thunder are. Um, and like I said, you know, got off to a really great start, kind of falls a little bit, but lately have been playing a lot better. Um, we'll see what Zion is again. That's kind of a question, like how much of Zion are we going to get? I think any bit of Zion is better than nothing, obviously. Um, so we'll kind of see, I, I think this is, this is going to be another really great game. Um, but for me, um, when it comes to picking who's going to win this game, I'm going to side with new Orleans on this one. Just because I feel like they're just the better team. Um, and I think, like I said, as, as of late, they, they've been playing well. They seem to kind of gel. Uh, they're just a little bit more experienced than the uh, Thunder are, and they're at home. So I, I, I think there's a lot of things going for the Pelicans in this matchup. Um, I think the Thunder, I, I wouldn't be super surprised if the, if the Thunder pull it off. But um, if I have to put my money on one, I'm going to go with the Pelicans. Okay, trading Thoughts, Pelicans, Thunder? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of look at, I kind of look at recent, you know, recent play and, and new Orleans looks like they, you know, solidified their spot themselves. OKC needed a little bit of help. It seemed going four and six in the last 10. I mean, thank God the Mavericks are ass. I mean, <laughs> let's just put it that way. Um, So I, I don't know. I, I just have, I just have a feeling new Orleans is going to, uh, you know, pull it out. I, I don't, though, I don't think any of these teams last against either the, either the Lakers or Timberwolves. So. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of agree with that one. Uh, James Pelicans thunder. Uh, Tyler, real fast. You said that the uh, Pelicans had more experience. Where's the experience from? Just from their last few years going through the playoffs. I think they 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 have some experience there. Um, with, with some of the players, um, mm -hmm. compared to the Thunder, obviously, like well, as experience goes, like not great, but like compared to the team that they're playing. Yeah, that, I mean, I I would agree with that. Uh, but pretty much the only person that has like playoff experience is CJ McCollum. Everybody else, like what? No, I want the Thunder to win it. Um, SGA is a monster. Let's be real. I think this team is young and hungry, which is everything that Tyler described, the opposite of what Tyler described the Pelicans as. And so this young, hungry team is going to come in here with zero expectation. They weren't supposed to be here anyway. They're just going to ball their heart out and see what happens. They're the last team in this plane. Might as well just give it your all and see what happens next after this. They're probably not going to win the next series if they win this game. And that's okay. If they win one, that's experience for them. But I do think that SGA and Jalen Williams, and Josh Giddy will just will this team past the Pelicans team that pretty much just has Brandon Ingram, who could potentially be in foul trouble or just be very high and not play, and DJ McCollum. That's how it's going to work. 
Yeah, it's kind of uh, upper end echelon talent in the Pelicans that could realistically carry them versus youth and excitement in the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I think we all agree, you know, the Thunder will be a really, really good team like two years from now, depending on how their 12 million draft picks turn out. <laughs> yeah, uh, James, you're right. You know, the Thunder, they have literally nothing to lose. No one expected them to even be in the play-in tournament. The fact they're in here is a win. It's a step in the right direction for the franchise. I think the Pelicans are a little disappointed, especially that they're the bottom two of the play-in. Like, you have to win two games to get in, and then, at you know, at minimum, or at the best-case scenario, you're facing the Nuggets. So uh, I'm still going to pick the Pelicans. I, I just agree with Tyler where I think at least their minimal experience plus C.J. McCollum's experience will carry them in this game. Um, I don't really trust either one of these teams, kind of like Traden said, to get past either the Lakers or the Timberwolves, whoever doesn't move on from the game earlier. Um, but we'll have to see. You know, this will be done in the next two days. Um, as a surprise, I did not tell the boys this, but I'm going to go over their Eastern and Western Conference and championship picks from the get beginning of the year. Oh, no. I don't know if they remember them, but I, I remember mine. I was with hoping we're not going to do this. And I have sucks. them. <laughs> yeah, James is an idiot. Is, oh, a, is a little bit of a yeah. little bit of a teaser. Trade in. You did a fantastic job, buddy. You picked the Warriors to come out of the West and the Bucks to come out of the East. The Bucks are the number one seed, and your championship pick is the Milwaukee Bucks. How do you want to change that for any reason? Yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, I want to change it. Um, I actually don't believe in the Bucks this year. Um, call me crazy, but um, okay. I'm I'm sw I, I'll be switching to the Celtics. Okay. On Tyler's side, he picked the Memphis Grizzlies to come out of the West, not terrible, and also the Bucks to come out of the East, and also picked the Bucks to win. Ty, thoughts? Um, I'm 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 sticking with my Bucks uh, for the out of the East and to win it. Uh, yeah, the Grizzlies obviously going through some of it, but uh, no, I'm gonna stick to my guns though. I think that I think they're still they're still in a decent spot. Um, no reason to hold back now. Let's go Grizzlies, I guess. Okay, and James, buddy, yeah, please, please, no, please. He picked <laughs> the Mavericks. Didn't go well. Oh my oh, no. god! Then he picked the Mavericks. Oh. It all. James, you are the only one out of the four of us to pick a team that didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> this is the How does that make you? Feel? <laughs> 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 to be fair, after the Kyrie trade did happen, I was like, "This is terrible for the franchise. Like, they're not going to do well." And they did end up losing 10 out of the next 12 games after the trade, which they were out of the play in by like, what, a game, maybe? Because I think it was a game, yeah. Yeah, and so like if that trade didn't happen, there might potentially still be a chance. Not anymore because the trade happened. Yeah, so I, I think they, they were like the four seed before the trade happened, and then they end up 11th, so it did not go well. Uh, myself, I picked the Nuggets to come out of the West and the 76ers to come out of the East. Then I picked the Sixers as my champions. I'm going to leave it. That felt like a big stretch at the time, but I'm pretty proud of it right now. So we're going to leave it. Uh, James, that's it for basketball this week. Uh, next week, we'll get into the real playoff series, even though they will have already started, but that's fine. Yeah, that's what I was going to record once a week. Yep. And because we recorded on Tuesday, by the time you listen to this on Wednesday and or Thursday, everything we talked about will have, hap have happened. We'll have had happened. Um, so you can see how right we are or how wrong we are. Either way, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, Traden is talking hockey.
Welcome back, everybody. It's almost time for playoffs, and that means the Stanley Cup is coming up, and the Stanley Cup is going to happen in the next two or three days because the real Stanley Cup is the Stanley Cup in-season playoffs that we are all talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I might just win 20 bucks. Here we go. <laughs> Trayden, tell us all about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why, why don't Why don't I start with fantasy? Um, because everybody cares except nobody. Well, just me. Um, because I'm going to win. So, Tyler, I can't wait to get paid out. Um, I am 25 points ahead of Kylie, and there's three day, two days left, and, you know, I'm just going to enjoy that. Um, Kylie also gets the other half. So the whole, the whole, you know, the whole pot besides the, what, 20 bucks is, is coming to this Reed household. So that is fun. Um, the in-season cup. Okay. So um, we didn't get to record last week, obviously. So we didn't – it was very interesting up until it really wasn't because Alex – clinched the most days Let's go. possible for anybody to reach him with a few days left. Um, and he wins half the pot. Um, James, you have clinched second. You will not get any money for it, but loser, baby. <laughs> you get the first loser. Um, and I will get third and Tyler, you clinched last like a long time ago. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> However. Okay. So that's only half. So the, the important part is who ends up with it right now. The LA Kings have one game left and they hold the in season cup tomorrow, or I'm sorry, Thursday, they play the Anaheim ducks in the free in a freeway face off in Anaheim. James, you have the ducks. I have the Kings. Whoever wins that will win the other half and take home the in season cup for the season. Um, and you know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, uh, I, I think that, you know, there's shit out of luck. Right. <laughs> Tyler shit out of luck. Yeah, Alex. but go Kings go hundred percent. Yeah. True. There's no chance for Tyler. Um, uh, and, uh, at least Alex got away with, got, got away with something. Really? I had the harder one and I won the harder part. So I'm going to take, you did five. win the harder part. Yeah, you did. Um, although you, the fact that the, devils. <laughs> the, the fact that maybe the ducks, could win it for James is also insane. Like that's just what it that would be really funny, actually. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Uh so uh what a what, I, I had lots of fun. I know we're gonna do this next year. Um so um I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um okay so let's get into some some of the talk that we want to talk about. I want to talk about you know potential pa- playoff matchups and what the guys think is you know intrigues them the most. Uh, also, some storylines that they thought were interesting, uh, as well as some award stuff. I'm going to start really quick just to give everyone a recap of where we are currently. Uh, in the East, in the Atlantic, uh, Boston Bruins have clinched the President's Trophy. Shocker. Amazing. Like, who would have thought? Um, Toronto and Tampa are for sure going to play in the in the um, Atlantic Division matchup. Um, there's no doubts about that. Everything else is, we have no fucking idea. Uh, Carolina, Carolina currently sits first behind New Jersey, uh, in front, uh, behind them, New Jersey, behind them, New York Rangers, um, New Jersey definitely has an opportunity to, to surpass Carolina, depending on what happens in the next couple of days. So we don't know who first in the Metro is going to be, um, Florida Clint without playing today, they did clinch their playoff spot with Buffalo losing Buffalo is officially done. I want to say that Buffalo only was out today, way past Red Wings. So I'm not as much of an idiot as all you three um (laughs) (laughs) i just want to make sure that's clear uh and pittsburgh gave up points to chicago today um and they sit literally in uh just out you know on the outside looking in with one uh only one point um you know between them and the new york islanders the new york islanders literally need to go to overtime 
in the next in, in our next game and they are and they and penguins are done so um you know if you can't beat chicago in a must win game i don't think you really deserve the playoffs that's just my that's just my uh two cents um in the west really quick um an absolute battle. Uh, we don't know who's first in the West. We don't know who's first in the Pacific. We don't know who's first in the Central. It's an absolute shit show. Currently, Vegas is leading in the Pacific behind uh, in front of Edmonton and LA. Uh, Vegas plays Seattle. Edmonton is playing Colorado in what could be a very important game to see who's first. Um, and that game currently is 1-1 halfway through. Colorado is in front of Dallas and Minnesota. And in the wild card, the Seattle Kraken clinched a playoff spot. Uh, Winnipeg is... Winnipeg literally just needs to go to overtime and they, and they kick out uh, Nashville. Um, Calgary is done. Calgary lost. Calgary is fucking just Daryl Sutter put Nick Ritchie in the shootout in a must win game. Uh, yeah. So there's that. Um, so I'm going to go around really quick and, and, and just ask the guys what, what matchups, what either matchups that we currently have or potential matchups intrigue them the most, uh, you know, you can include the, your own team. It's up to you. Uh, so Tyler, let's start with you. What matchups kind of intrigue you the most here? I mean, obviously the Toronto Tampa Bay one, um, just because it's been, it's been like, you know, episode six or whatever the hell it is um, of this, of this saga that we have going on. Um, that, that one, the first round, it, it, it's, it's going to pique my interest. Um, obviously, I think you preface this in the group chat, like besides our team's series, there we more intrigued in, which obviously whoever the Kings are playing, hopefully it's Oilers. Um, hopefully we get a rematch of that too, but um, on the east side, yeah, definitely Toronto and Tampa Bay. But I would also add in, you know, Boston against whoever they're playing, um, just because I can't wait to see who knocks them out in the first round because it's going to happen because that's what always happens with the President's Trophy. Yeah, so my question for you about the Boston one, Florida is – Florida currently is not is – would play the first team in the Metro. Currently, Boston would play the Islanders. Um, however, I mean, anything can happen if Islanders win, um, and Florida loses, they would take that spot. If you're Boston, who don't you want to play? Wow. Um, I want to say you don't want to play Florida just because I feel like they got guys that can really make your life miserable come playoff time. Um, but yeah, for I, that's what I would say is Florida. Okay. I would, I would argue Ilya Sorokin is someone I do not want to even touch with a 10 foot pole. They, he alone could ruin that for the Boston Bruins. Um, thank you, Tyler. Um, Alex, what do you got, bun? Yeah. Uh, I also went with teams in the East, but I did not pick those ones. Uh, assuming the uh, Metro division stays the same, I'm picking the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers as the most intriguing matchup. For one, their stadiums are like 13 miles apart. They're very, very close. Number two, I'm obviously a big New Jersey Devils fan after this year. Um, and just the the intrigue of the Devils, you know, a team I don't think any of us picked to make the playoffs. They've had an incredible season um, versus the Rangers, you know, the the pedigree, the original six, the Patrick Kane trade, the uh, Tarasenko trade, like all this Madison Square Garden, yada, 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 like. It's almost big brother, little brother situation going on here. Um, and like, let's be honest, the Devils have had a better season all year. They've played incredible all season. Um, and, you know, it really looks like the Devils are here to stay for a long time. Um, and I think it's imperative for them to get a home ice advantage. So they got it. All of them only have a game left. Um, I think actually, I guess it kind of seems like they're clinched at least this two seed. So 
because um, they're three points up according to what I'm looking yep. at. So yeah, they, they, they have home ice for sure. Should be fine with that. So I'm looking at New Jersey and New York. Um, I think that is an incredible matchup. Um, and just like the color scheme between the two jerseys is pretty dope Beautiful. as well. So Beautiful. Uh, yeah, that's mine. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think I think that that's my dream matchup in the Metro for sure. Um, and I, you know, I think I think you speak for everyone when you say that. The, the most interesting thing is I think we know who wins the goalie matchup, but everything else, I I don't I don't know. I mean, I I think the New Jersey is a very smart team. Analytically, they're incredible. Um, and I think that they would give the New York Rangers a run for their money. Uh, I really really believe that. Uh, I do. Do I think they have as many game breakers? No, but I just think they might be a more well rounded team. I absent the fact that they do uh, that the Rangers do have Adam Fox as well. Um, thank you, Alex. James, who do you have? Since uh, you have I, or don't have a team, you could pick anyone. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but before I do that, um, Tyler, I have a huge issue with the President's Cup little curse thing y'all have got going on. You know that. Yeah. And you said that the President's Cup winning team doesn't get out of the first round. Florida did yeah, last year, and then they got swept by Tampa Bay in the second round, but they made it <laughs> the round. So you're wrong. And then <laughs> I don't think I said that, but that's fine. We can rewind the tape, but I think you did. Uh, <laughs> so whichever matchup I think is the, my favorite outside of my own team. So I obviously picked the Oilers and the Kings. Because, like, to be, be honest, that's fun to watch. I think it's really cool because of what happened last year and because they both kind of suffered from the same exact problem at one point this season. That same problem was terrible defense and terrible, boofy goaltending. Both have been kind of better as of late on both teams-ish. But when the playoffs come in a four-game series, seven-game series come to, into play, those weaknesses can get exposed. And what I'm really hoping for is a lot of shots on goal, a lot of offense, and just like an onslaught of shots at all times everywhere to just give me the overs on all my bets. So all those games, let's go. Uh, James, if you are betting anything over shots for between Edmonton and LA, you will lose so much fucking money. It's ridiculous. The uh, the LA Kings run a 1-3-1 uh, through the neutral zone. It, they completely gum up the works. If you watched that last Edmonton uh, Los Angeles game, that first period, there was four shots, guys, four or five shots the whole period. Yeah, That's maybe. the entire yeah. series. That's the entire series. It is going to be long. It is going to be grueling. It is going to be boring. And if if you bet on it, you're just going to lose money, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to bet over the first time and we'll see what happens. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. I, uh, I think it's funny when James loses money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, James. For me, um, for, for me, I, I actually am interested to see how Boston reacts to, to either Florida, who's playing incredible right now, or the New York Islanders. Um, you know, in the West, I want to give some love to – I really, really, really want to see Vegas. I, You know, ideally, I'd like to see Edmonton move to the first spot and then L.A. move down to the wild card spot, which would force Vegas to play Seattle. I think that that storyline alone is just incredible. You know, we know we know that Vegas set a huge precedent, you know, in their inaugural year. Uh, Seattle's finally making fi- finally making it to the playoffs, and Seattle is a deep, deep team. They they have no huge goal scores. Everyone's scoring throughout that whole lineup. They're getting a little bit of saves, and they're they're playing with house money. And you just wonder, and I you know I say that with a pun intended, 
you know, to play to play Vegas, I think would just be a, a um, you know a, a great storyline in and of itself. Um, the fact that we have expansion teams being this successful is extremely good for the league. It's what it's what drives values of of, of teams, and the fact that the Ottawa Senators might be going for nine hundred million dollars, you know, in, in over this summer just shows that there's a lot of value in these NHL hockey teams. And when, and when, and this is why, uh, you know, who knows, we might be seeing its team in, in uh, Salt Lake or, or Houston or, you know, wherever. So um, thank you guys for that. Uh, I also want to go around and ask you guys what the, what your guys' biggest, you know, um, you know, storylines of the whole season was, you know, now that we're in the last couple of days, um, you know, absent to who's making the playoffs, what kind of spoke out to you? We'll go backwards. James, what was your biggest storyline of the season? I think it was just watching the teams that did terribly last year do well this year. And I mean, Seattle Kraken, New Jersey Devils, I'm looking at you guys. It's like, who would have thought that the New Jersey Devils were going to be good at the beginning of the season? Alex picked them dead last in his thing. Like, we didn't think they were going to win games. Tyler picked the Kraken somewhere in there because he was like some pun about being a Kraken or some shit like that. But <laughs> it's stupid. Sounds like me. <laughs> it's, but at the end of the day, those two teams had good winning, like, experiences at the beginning and they pretty much were a playoff ready team midway through the season and nobody thought that at the beginning of the season and now we're sitting here and they're both firmly in a playoff spot and you're like cool how the, the fact that they did that in one year is incredible so i liked watching that it really is um i think for the devils alone i think i think that all the fans have been you know saying oh we're such a good team analytically we just don't have a goalie and you just hear them cry and cry and cry and you just didn't believe it and i think when you get a save this is what you get. And I think that that's, you know, that's what you're getting out of this team, James. And, and I think we all know that New Jersey's a threat. I mean, not, let alone them being good enough to make the playoffs. They are a legit threat in this playoffs. Um, you know, so, so that, and, and they're going to be a threat for many, 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 many years. So that, that, that's a, that's a whole story in and of itself. Um, Alex, what about you, buddy? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of cheat, but three historic, players slash teams but i'm going to focus on one of the players so obviously the bruins incredible season Connor mcdavid incredible season and the one that doesn't really get talked about enough eric carlson a hundred yes. point scorer for a defenseman on a terrible san jose sharks team um the oldest to ever do it i believe um he's 32 or something like that and then on that on the side of that just either the unwillingness or ineptitude or whatever you want to call it of the sharks like, why is he still on your team? You yeah. could have traded him away. I don't know. Maybe the packages you got back either from Edmonton or back to Ottawa or somewhere just weren't enough. But, I mean, maybe they'll try to trade him over the summer or whatever they're going to try to do. But, like, kind of doesn't make sense he's still on the team. But a 100-point score as a defenseman on a terrible team is incredibly impressive. And just his resurgence because, like, we all kind of thought he was done two years ago. And now here he is, you know, potentially uh, winning a Norris and yeah, having an incredible season for an unfortunately, uh, you know, bad Sharks team. I think, I think that that's a huge one. Um, you know, Eric Carlson has really, you know, re revitalized himself. And I think it was definitely, you know, eye popping. Um, and, the, and the only great thing about the Sark season so far, and, 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 and I think uh, to your point, Alex, the reason why he wasn't moved is, is that, that salary is just a, is just a slug. Um, I think it will be dealt with in the summer. I really do. Um, I think there's going to be some, some picks being moved and and teams coming in. And I think that you'll see him move by then. Um, Tyler, what about you? Um, 
For me, it's the Boston Bruins. I mean, I think just it's not just a really good season. It's it's an historically great season and one of the best seasons we've ever seen from any team. Um, I believe believe tonight they just broke the all-time um points record, if I'm not mistaken. Um yep. so you gotta celebrate that. You gotta appreciate what the Bruins have done, especially as a team coming into the season. We knew that they would be pretty good, but to be this good was not expected. Um and and, and to have an all-time season and arguably one of the best regular seasons of all time um, to watch that and just to see their point totals continue to skyrocket all season long and just to see what they've done from all the players that they, that they had. And, and it, that, that to me was the biggest takeaway from this season, just the incredible run that, that, that Boston has, has, has put together. Um, we'll see how it ends up um, in the Seneca playoffs. As I mentioned, that president's cup curse is, is very real, um, but we'll see. We'll maybe they'll break it this year. We'll see. Um, but yeah, definitely as far as the regular season goes, like you got to tip your caps to Boston and, and what they've done there. So for me, that was the biggest one. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Um, that's, that's a, that, that is a huge storyline. Um, a couple other storylines that I want to mention, um, Pitts, the, the first time in NHL, or I guess since both of these players enter the league, Ovechkin and Crosby will not be in the playoffs, either of them. Um, that that's huge news, um, and very shocking, uh, Tampa Bay's interesting season is a storyline and i just don't know if i don't know what to think about that going into the playoffs um guys i i don't i don't mean to be a homer i really don't um i think we're numb to what connor mcdavid did this season um he is the 16th player to he has 151 points he's he's 16th in league history if he scores four more he joined he or i'm sorry if he scores five more in the next two games which i know seems like a big you know, uh, feet, but he's playing like lights out right now. Um, he would join the ranks with just Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky as the top scores in a season while all while in a league that are in an era where we know points are hard to come by. Um, he has, I mean, it, I don't think that that should be lost on anyone. I think that we've kind of become numb to, you know, it's just, Oh, it's David doing his thing, whatever. I think it's beyond that. <laughs> and I think that, it's it's kind of like uh, Aaron Judge's you know season last year. Like I think we almost became numb to that too. <laughs> it's just you know it's like guys, this is actually huge. Uh, so uh, you know I think that historic season is um, something to be wowed objectively. Um, but anyway, great great um, storylines uh, this season, and it's it's a shame that uh, no, I guess not. It's not a shame. Uh, the regular season is is coming to an end 16 teams will say bye-bye and we will be in the playoffs next week um really quick let's go through um some awards you know next week we're just going to be talking about playoffs um you know from here on out uh we're going to start with the calder trophy which for those of you that don't know is the rookie of the year we're gonna make this quick alex who you got for the rookie of the year yeah uh maddie been Seattle Kraken. He's had an incredible year. We talked about it three months ago, and he's feels like he's just extended his lead on what feels pretty inevitable. Seems pretty right inevitable now. indeed. Um, James, do you have any dark horses or is it Banny Uh Yeah, mine is a very, 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 very long, long shot, but I'm a big go- goalie guy. Obviously, you guys know that. Stuart Skinner. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Huge. he didn't step in there and be an amazing stopgap when he wasn't even signed to be, I mean, he wasn't. There was somebody else brought in to be the guy, and he failed. And he stepped in there and held this team across. And now they're potentially number one seat. Like it's it's really cool to see. So Stuart Skinner. Yeah, um, if it wasn't for Skinner, I don't even know that we're in a playoff spot. <laughs> uh, Tyler, 
Yeah, I got okay. Manny Beniers too from uh, Seattle. He leads all rookie scores by eight points, uh, 21 goals, 31 assists. Um, you just got to appreciate what he's done there in Seattle. So I got to give it to him. I I agree. Manny Beniers will probably win. I do love that someone brought up Stuart Skinner without me having to do it um, because <laughs> objectively he should be looked at. Okay. Yeah. Look at folks. Look at folks. He should, he should finish second. Feels yeah. like he should, he should finish second. Yeah. Uh, Mason McTavish, that's another sleeper. Uh, James, your, your boy. No, that's a fail. Absolutely not. <laughs> hey he had a great season uh so let's look at this selkie trophy and again for those who don't know it's the best defensive forward this this uh look well can, can we go around and say that it's going to be patrice bergeron or yeah, I mean, Kopitar, but yeah <laughs> okay um uh, so yeah it'll be a dark horse uh tyler uh dark horse i got jordan stall carolina um yeah. top 10 in the league in uh penalty kill time if you if you if you look at his stats especially when it comes to uh, penalty kills and being shorthanded he he leads the team and he's one of the top in in, in the league um i think he's he's definitely a guy that deserves some recognition for his defensive play um so i got jordan stall i think that's a great pick uh what about you james mitchy marner oh. uh, obviously he produces on the offensive end but he also has like a 27.53 shots against per 60 which ranks among top 10 among right wingers that was pretty much word from word from the website i don't know how to cite it sorry <laughs> James, um, I really like that pick. You know why? Because for a a right wing, a winger to get that award is kind of insane. Um, and the fact that Marner's even in the question, it shows a lot about that player. Um, Alex. Yeah, it's uh I just love Kopitar, so I just like to throw his name out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, as we all know, I'm a big devil's guy now. So Nico Hirscher, incredible season, and he was kind of the beginning of the devils like coming out of the out of hell nailed it um <laughs> it was like a very, very uh almost like one of the most underrated stars in the nhl block shots great uh on the uh penalty kill playing over 19 minutes um on the ice which is a lot so yeah he, he he's had an incredible season yeah for me uh my dark horse is nico he share for the what will be become which should be renamed the uh patrice bergeron trophy the f- if they don't after he retires th- there's something wrong with the league um because i don't think anybody knows selkie is but everybody knows who bergeron is because he it's it's his trophy uh, would it, be, would it be a bergeron trophy or is it going to be a bergie trophy you could i could see bergie i could see the the, the bergie trophy i like that i like that um i do think that it needs to be renamed after him because I, he, he's had it more than anybody and he's just the, the best at it <laughs> Uh, let's move over to the James Norris, the best defenseman of of the uh, of uh, of the season. Um, let's go right back to Alex. Yeah, I'm gonna pick Carlson. Um, you know, it's it's not always about point scoring with the Norris Trophy, but an incredibly historic season for him. Um, I don't know if he'll win just because he's on such a shit team, but um, you know, I think that will be his second or third Norris potentially. I can't remember off the top of my head, so. Um, I'm going to stick with it since it's a, it was also my storyline like that. Uh, Tyler. Uh, I got Eric Carlson here. Um, as uh, James kind of alluded to earlier, how, how, what an incredible season that, that he has had top 10 scoring for defensemen and just kind of res- a resurgent year for what, what was once, uh, he was once heralded like one of the best defensemen in the league in terms of scoring. Um, so it's, I think it's, I think he should, I think he deserves, um, some recognition there as the uh, Norris trophy winner. 
just reached the century point in points last night. Um, I think that alone gets in there. But James, do you have a dark horse or is it Carlson? It's Carlson for me. And uh, Alex brought up a point saying that points aren't everything. But I think points are everything in this case when he's a top 10 scorer and the next defenseman is number 36. Yes. That far ahead of every other defenseman in terms of scoring. So, I mean, come on now, guys. Like, you just got to give it to him. You just have to give it to him considering what he's dealt with. However, his goals against is uh, – <laughs> Don't even – don't look there. It's so bad. <laughs> um, Adam, Adam Fox, I want to give you a um, – I want to give you a look. I, I, you're probably not going to win it, but I do think that um, Adam Fox deserves a look. Um, he's been stellar. Um, you know, I think if Makar actually – the problem I have with Makar is he didn't play enough games, but, I mean, everyone thinks – everyone knows that Makar is the best defenseman in the league. That's just – that should be real. Um, okay, let's move on to the Jack – the Jack Adams. Um, that is the best coach of the season. Um, is uh, Let's start with James. Lindy Ruff, New Jersey Devils. Um, wow. Yeah, because the fact that he took a team that nobody expected to be good to the playoffs – and it's probably entrenched. I mean, yeah, he's probably not going to win. It's going to be the fucking Boston dude. But I mean, like, it's kind of cool to think about this guy as potentially being coach of the year. Wow. Okay. I, I, that shocked me. Um, Tyler, what do you got? Uh, I got Jim Montgomery for Boston Bruins. We talked about it. You just, you, to be that good all season long is really difficult to do. Um, and a big, a big part of that is your, is your head coach. And he, he took a team that a lot of people viewed as kind of this old aging core um, that wasn't expected to do a ton. Um, and he turned them into one of the best first seasons of all time. Um, so I think you got to give it to Mr. Montgomery there in Boston. Love that. Um, Alex, what do you got? Yeah, I also have Montgomery. Um, but I do want to shout out your guy, Jay Woodcroft. I think he's had an incredible, done an incredible job at Edmonton. Um, especially having the balls to start playing Stuart Skinner over the, over, um, Campbell, obviously you paid all the money too. So, but with Jim Montgomery, first season, key injuries, um, you know, McAvoy and Marshan were hurt at the beginning of the season. Um, I mean, they didn't even know Bergeron was going to come back. And then he came back, obviously led led them to a pretty historic season. Uh, I would be surprised if anybody else won. Yeah, me too. Um, just, just, I just want to throw this out there. Thank you for bringing up Jay. Uh, Jay took over 14 months ago. Oilers were six points out of a playoff spot. Since then, he has led the Oilers to a 73, 32, and 12 record. That's the second best point percentage in NHL history among coaches with at least 100 games behind the bench. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, for me, my dark horse is uh, is actually Dave Hextall um, of the Seattle Kraken. Um, I think that everybody questioned. Everyone questioned after that year, like, oh, was was Hackstall the right person? What do we do here? And, you know, Seattle stuck with their guns and, and look what he's done. I mean, this is the most in terms of full depth. I mean, there's no there's no player that's that scored over seven, more than 70 points, which there's no 100 point score. Everyone has double digit scoring. Uh, everyone, you know, 17 players have over 27 points or I'm sorry, over 26 points. Um, that includes defensemen. The, the scoring's coming all the way through the time on ice. No one's, no one's, um, you know, no one's ahead of what, like, what do I see here? Six, 16 minutes, um, or 19, I guess, J- Jamie Alexiak, a defenseman's at 19 minutes. That's your highest, um, average time on ice. He's, he's giving, he's balancing his lines and they're doing very well. Um, and I think that that should be, um, considered, um, and I think he'll get some votes. So that is mine. We all know that Montgomery's going to get it. Okay. Let's move on to the last one. The heart trophy. Everybody know. Well, I shouldn't say that. Is Connor McDavid going to win the heart? Yes. Is Connor McDavid going to be the first unanimous heart winner? 
probably. I'm surprised <laughs> there hasn't been one before, honestly. Uh, well, I, I could I could be wrong. The first one it might be the first one in a while, but there hasn't been one for a long time. Um, okay, dark horses. Alex, go. Uh, Boston Bruins, Pasternak coming in yes. uh, with six, a 60 goal season. Obviously, kind of the le- one one of the leaders of that team. If if you had told me if you had told me at the beginning of the season, oh, McDavid's going to score 65 goals or how many he has, you'd be like, yeah, okay, he can do that. That's not surprising. He's the best player in hockey. But if you told me Pasta had 60 on the season, I I would be surprised. 40, 45, sure. 60's a lot. Um, and yeah, he's had an incredible season. He feels like the the runner up to me. Love that. Love that. Tyler, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, other than McJesus, um, I also agree that uh Posternak is gonna be uh the runner up here. Uh as pretty much what Alex mentioned, you know, he's he's behind only uh McDavid with 60 goals, 109 points total. It's just an incredible year. If if like I said, if McJesus wasn't in the league, he'd definitely be the uh for sure heart trophy winner. Love that, James. Also pasta. I really enjoy pasta as a player and also a food. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Okay. Okay, uh, for me, I, I think Pasta is a is probably your probable, um, you know, second. I'm gonna give some love to Miko Rantanen of the Colorado Avalanche. Um, the fact that we had, you know, your your uh, Landeskog, your captain, out for most for all the season, if not most of the season, Nathan McKinnon in and out of the lineup. Miko Rantanen has had the quietest 102 point season with 54 goals, and nobody's talking about him. So um, I, you know, I don't know where the I don't know where the avalanche would be without him. Um, I know that Nathan McKinnon and Cro- uh, got 107 points. Um, and, you know, that's fantastic. It's, but it's Nate, it's Nate doc. Uh, Miko Rantanen has stepped in for his captain and done great things. And I just wonder where they would be without him. Uh, but that is all I have for hockey. Thank you guys. Oh, I want to thank you guys so much for reading my uh, power rankings this season. Um, I know that I had a lot of, a lot of readers and that was great. Um, I will have them next year and I hope you look forward to that. Uh, T, are you going to write like previews that you want to publish at all? Uh, yeah, I can do some previews if, if everyone is going to continue to read them, which I think they will. <laughs> I think so too. So be on the lookout for that. But other than that, Traden, thank you very much. And tune in next week to hear about playoff stuff. That's going to be exciting. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to talk baseball. Welcome back, everybody. There is pretty much one thing that consumes Tyler's life. And no, it's not Jess. Sorry, Jess. It's baseball. That's all Tyler ever does is baseball. Tyler, <laughs> tell us about baseball. <laughs> uh, baseball and Jess. Jess number one, baseball number two. Just wanted to put that out there for the record. Uh, but yes, Why I do love the baseball. Yeah. What? Why Suck, Ollie. Ollie. And Ollie. Of course, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, but obviously, yes, baseball, love baseball. Uh, MLB, we're, we're pretty much, you know, rolling. We're about two weeks into, into the regular season. So we're going to kind of talk about just teams that are off to some good starts that uh, we didn't expect and some teams that are off to some bad starts that we didn't expect. Um, but, but before we get into those, we got to start with the team that's off to one of the best starts in MLB history, and that is the Tampa Bay Rays. They won again today, so they're now 11-0 and to start the season. Um, they have a plus 64 run differential already, which is crazy. And to put that in the context, the next highest team uh, with the highest run differential is the Dodgers at plus 24. So they're almost like triple, if my math is correct, that amount. Um, it's pretty wild. So the Ra- the Rays are, you know, they've always been a good pitching team. 
you know, currently right now in 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 uh they're in MLB, they're first in ERA, first in whip, first in batting average against, and first in quality starts. Not too surprising there. But what's what really has taken this team to the next level is their batting. They are first in runs, first in slugging percentage, first in on-base percentage, and fifth in batting average. Their offense has been absolutely raking to start the year. Um, so we talked a lot about this team kind of coming in as, as possibly a wild card team, but are we underrating this race team as not ch- just a fringe wildcard team, maybe potentially as the fairest to win the division or even more? Are they a World Series favorite? Are, are we really not recognizing this team and the talent that's on this team so far? So I just want to ask the guys, is this team a little bit underrated or is this just an overhyped fast start? Um, Alex, let's start with you. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of both. Uh, they played some shit teams, which has helped to start the season. I mean – but at the same time, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. I feel like if you count them out, you're making a mistake. Like last year, they were good. You know, I don't think when we got into the playoffs, nobody really thought that they would be a legit force because they couldn't hit like they could pitch. It's been the Rays, you know, kind of factory for the last almost decade, it feels like at this point. Like the Rays can pitch. Any timely hitting they get is great. And they're mashing right now, obviously, like you just said. Um, you know, I – you can't count them out. I just don't like none of it makes sense, but you can't count them out. I, I think, you know, they're it. I mean, I have them at a, have, as a playoff team to begin the season. Um, I just think, you know, obviously they've started really well and they feel like a world series contender right now, for sure. Um, you know, I don't know if we would have had them ranked in maybe our top, even like five in the AL, maybe like they were fifth in the AL, but I think you got to put them, uh, you know, up at the top right now. For sure. Traden, same question. Do you feel like we have underrated this race teams coming in or do you think it's just an overhyped fast start? Um, I th- I think we may have underrated them a tad, you know, um, I, I think we don't really give much, you know, I think we, I think we look at the Rays and we're like, okay, they're a team that is very, you know, very, you know, so, uh, sophisticated in terms of who they pick. They don't spend a lot of money. They're very frugal and they find the right players may not, maybe not the best players, but they maybe find the right players. And maybe that's what we're finally seeing the rate, the rate, are just coming together at the right time where, where there's just solid depth all the way through granted to alex's point they played shit teams that helps however that's i mean that, that's that doesn't take away from what they've done you know um you know pete fairbanks has barely had to really do anything <laughs> which is their closer and that says a lot like you know your, your bats are your bats are helping you out um they're winning you games uh and you know I, I, I'm going to be saying this a lot in this whole podcast <laughs> when it comes to baseball. I don't really judge a team until about mid to end of May. Uh, you know, there's there's some t- some players are just not in any type of you know form to to be playing you know high level baseball. Things are kind of weird. The rules are changing too, so things are just a little bit wonky. Um, you know, same with last year. We saw how the, great the Angels were, and then all of a sudden, I got married, and, the, and it all went to shit. That was on May, that was on May twenty seventh. So I'm gonna wait till May twenty seventh. If the Rays are in top spot, we'll, we'll we'll talk. I do think you know they're they're gonna have an interesting test the next couple of weeks, and we're gonna see what they're really made of. Um, and if if they keep it up, then and and you know they go they have a solid uh, win percentage there. I think this team might be for real. Yeah, I actually I like that cutoff date. I think you know kind of going into June, seeing where teams are at. You know, you can definitely you know with you know, kind of how some teams are do better than expected or don't do as well as expected. That's kind of the kind of the cutoff of kind of where you really start to take things seriously. But James, again, same question. Underrated race team coming into the season or just overhyped? 
think they're actually underrated, guys. Like, I, I get the fact that they nine of their wins are against the, the A's, the Nationals, the Tigers, all teams that we have at the bottom three, right, in our power rank as before. But the fact of the matter is they've won 11 straight games. You can't discount 11 straight games. That's consecutive. Anything you do consecutively is insane to do. I think the mark of a great team is beating up the teams that you should consistently. And that's what they've been doing. The fact that it's baseball makes it even harder because the mark of a great hitter is failing 70% of the time but hitting the ball 30% of the time. But here, they're 100% every time. Like, they, they, they're they destroying kids right now. They had a 1-0 victory last night. And I was like, oh, my God, they're finally going to lose. Bottom of the eighth. Uh, Lau hits a home a solo home run. That was insane. And I was like, okay, cool. So on the podcast today, we're gonna I'm going to say, like, oh, they're overrated because when they finally face a good team, they win by one run in the in the late innings. Today, they won 11-0. What is that? This team is actually decent, and they're doing it consecutively. The fact that it's 11 straight is insane to me. You can't discount that. It doesn't matter who they played. They were bound to lose one along the way, but 11 straight is insane. Yeah, I think 11 straight is not easy to do against, no matter who you're playing. And they, as you mentioned, they, they have not been playing the eight teams. Um, but it is, And I think just about they've beat them by a lot. Like I, I mentioned that run differential. Like plus 64 already is crazy. Like that that is... That is an insane run differential. So they are beating the teams that they're supposed to be beating, but also by a lot. It's not like they're giving them; they're 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 showing no mercy. Um, so I I, I think this Rays team is definitely a little bit underrated. Um, I think a lot of us had them as a you know first, but most of us probably a second or third wild card spot. Um, you know, I think that they they're definitely going to be in the hunt for that division crown um, all season. Um, so I, I, I think they're slightly underrated. Like I said, if their offense can continue there, I don't think they're continued quite this direction that they've had in the first part, part of the season. But if that offense is better, dude, this is going to be a really hard team to beat because they've always had the pitching, but now if they got a lineup that can score some runs consistently. They're going to be tough to beat. And I think, I think if they continue this up for the next few weeks, man, like they got to be considered not just a division contender, but a world series contender. I do think that this team has the potential to be, to be that good. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But let's go some other teams that again, off to starts, you know, as we said, we, we got, we got two weeks of the season, you know, you can read a lot into it. You don't have to read a lot into it. It's a long season, but because we have this small sample size, we're going to talk about some teams that are off to some surprising good starts and just some, some surprising bad starts. So let's start with the slow starts first teams that, um, are not off to good starts that we probably expected to 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 do much better at. And I got three teams, and I'm gonna ask the boys which of the of, of these three teams are you most concerned about currently? Uh, we got the Philadelphia Phillies who are off at to a four and seven start, the St. Louis Cardinals who are off to three and seven, although I believe they might have won uh not too long ago, so they might be four and seven right now, but either way, not great. And you got the Mariners who are at four and eight, all teams that pretty much all of us had making the playoffs off to pretty shitty starts so again of the three which are you most concerned about moving forward that this could potentially be a long-term issue uh james what do you got um well i'm not really too concerned about the phillies because they had some super hard competition uh bryce hyper isn't back yet they've done well since their 0-4 start i'm not worried about the mariners because i'm happy they're sucking uh but i am worried about the cardinals a tad bit I think the losing Yadier Molina piece is kind of taking a little bit of a toll on them. Wilson Contreras is in there and is a good bat. He's decent, uh, but he's just not the same guy they're used to having in the back as a backstop right now. I mean, he's, at, he's Molina's been there forever, and now you got to bring a new guy in. 
I think the thing that kind of irked me the most was how that manager handled something like that should have been internal and calling out Tyler O'Neill for not being, uh, not hustling to home plate. He could have handled that in house, but instead he aired his dirty laundry to everybody else. And that, that'd be cool if this was a reoccurring problem, but this is so early in the season, handle it in house. Why you got to publicly like crucify this dude. This could be handled better. And I think they're missing that leadership piece that Molina brought. And also Wainwright is, is out right now. And he's a big leadership piece too. He's, he got hurt in the World Baseball Classic, and you're missing some vital pieces to this team. And I, they got to figure this out quickly, otherwise it's going to spiral downward. For sure. I think also the Brewers, to the start that they've gotten off to, too. You know, I think this, that was a team that we, you know, we're like, we'll see how they do, but they have the potential to be a very, very good team. So the Brewers are looking much better than the Cardinals are, which could be a huge threat to the Cardinals season. But, um, Trayton, what about you? Which of these three teams that I mentioned are you most concerned about? I, I got to say I'm most concerned about the Seattle Mariners because it, it seems all too familiar, uh, right? I mean, I, I think offensively we've seen this team be really, really bad. Um, and I think the fans have seen it. And I think last year, the problem is, is last year they may have done really, really well and kind of overachieved. And now that there's not really, they don't really have the benefit of the doubt anymore. And I think that that is, that could be a problem. Um, I don't believe that the Houston Astros are a five and seven team. So, you know, we can expect them to go up. Like, I don't know what the, I don't know where the angels are going to be. I don't know where the Rangers are going to be, but I just worry that the maybe the Mariners are are in a situation where, you know, we we've seen this, we've seen this before. Maybe, maybe they're finally back down to earth. Um, but again, you know, you know what boys, I have, I have a new, uh, I have a new thing. May 27th, not only is my anniversary, but is also the, the uh, metaphorical, American Thanksgiving of MLB baseball. If you're in the playoffs, you're in good shape. If you're out of the playoffs, you better get to you better get going. All right, May 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 twenty seventh. Whenever that week is on the podcast, we're definitely going to come around to that and see and, and see where we're at for sure. Um, I agree. You know, Mariners. You know, a team that you know a lot of expectations, especially after making the postseason first time in a while. You know, Angels are looking pretty good. Obviously, it's early, but that division's not terrible. And we're ta- we're 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 talking about the Rangers here in a second, but that's another team in that division that's off to a good start. That that could be a concerning deal for the Mariners. But Alex, same question: Which of these three teams are you most concerned about? Yeah, um, <clears throat> you know, with the Mariners, we saw them start poorly last year. After you know, we kind of all thought that this was like that was their year, and it ended up being that. So I'm a, I'm a little less worried on the Mariners than Traden is. Um, you know, they obviously have not gone off to a, a good start, but on the same side, that division is better. You know, last year it was the Astros, the Mariners, the A's and the Rangers were shit. And then it was Mike Trout and Shohei and we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously it was a, let's not watch anymore, except when those guys are on your TV screen. Um, I'm personally agree with James. I think I'm the most worried about the Cardinals, you know, the Phillies, Coming off the World Series, shorter, uh, you know, shorter off season, even with Trey Turner, you know, in the World Baseball Classic, you know, in the into the playoffs with the Dodgers, kind of a short off season. Hoskins is out. Harper is out. Harper apparently is allowed to start swinging the bat in games. So he could be back sooner rather than later. Um, but I agree with James on pretty much everything he just said about the Cardinals, you know, using losing Molina, who was your dude for two decades and losing Wainwright, who is your other dude. And Albert Pujols, you know, I know he was gone for a long time, but then he was, you know, he was kind of a big part of that season last year. And then you had also historic seasons from Goldie and Arenado. Um, And I don't think if you're a Cardinals fan, you can realistically expect 
a 35 year old Paul Goldschmidt to have like an MVP type season again, like that Goldie's still incredible. Nolan is still incredible, but, um, and yeah, the Ollie Marmol Tyler O'Neill thing is just a mess. I mean, Marmol called him out once or twice in, in public. I agree again, agree with James should have been held behind Cole's closed doors. I think it comes off as Marmol looking like a sad little bitch and O'Neill who, if you guys have not seen him is fucking jacked. Like that dude is incredible. He said all the right things, you know, in, in the play where he like got in trouble, he was host. That's the third, that's the third base coach's fault. Like he was out by a mile. It seemed like he was running to me and you can't, you can't truck the catcher anymore because the Buster Posey rule. So like, what was he supposed to do? I'm, I'm worried about the Cardinals. The injuries are kind of starting, um, you know, and, and like you said, the Brewers have had an incredible off season. Um, the Pirates have even started pretty well. The Cubs have gotten better. Luckily for them, the Reds are trash, but um, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about the Cardinals. Luckily, we don't have to worry about it until the trade and wedding anniversary, and then we can all care. That's right. Yeah, I agree. I think those are really good points for for reasons for concern for St. Louis. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know, we'll, we'll see. I think in, inevitably, you know, a lot of these teams that get off to slow starts, you know, it kind of it kind of lingers. And, you know, and, and, and also on the flip side, teams that get off to hot starts that we don't expect, sometimes they surprise. So let's, let's get into some of the, the surprise teams. And we're going to go kind of individually one by one. And my... My question is pretty simple. Obviously, it's early. We we, we talked about that a, a lot. You know, I'm gonna I have three teams that are kind of off to some unexpected quick starts. And I'm gonna ask each guys about each one. Is it are they? Do you think that they will be the real deal and be in contention all season, or is it just false hope? Just just a false start, and we and we don't really need to look too much into it. So I got the Diamondbacks at seven four. The Pirates who walked off the Houston Astros. Let's fuck go. That's also at seven four. And the Texas Rangers, who were my most intriguing team coming into the season, also at seven and four. Um, so these teams, none of us really expected to make, make the make the postseason, but some teams that maybe some maybe may more to look at here and might get off to a a good start that might linger on into the season. So we'll start with the Diamondbacks first. Uh, real deal or false hope? Trading, what do you got? This is the reason going to be ridiculous, but it's it's a true reason. Um, the Diamondbacks are for real. You want to know why? because they're one of the few MLB teams that have decided to start selling alcohol later into the game to the eighth <laughs> inning, not the seventh, rewarding their fans. And you know what? That's fucking baseball karma. That's what gets you fucking wins. And you know why they're doing that? Because they're like, oh, games are 30 minutes shorter, 45 minutes shorter. Let's let's give the fans a little bit more of what they also came from. It's not just baseball. It's also baseball and beer. That alone is good karma. They're going to the playoffs now. Damn. All right. I'm thinking like road trip to Arizona this summer, boys. And let's go. <laughs> let, let's just have going Diamondbacks game. That sounds great. Alex, what about you? Real, real deal or false hope for the for the, the Diamondbacks? I have a quick question. By contender, do you mean World Series contender? Just making the playoffs, or like could win the division? Just making the playoffs. Okay. Then for the Diamondbacks, I'm going to say yes. I think they have a shot to make the playoffs. I don't think they'll win the division. I don't think they're a real World Series contender. But they just feel venomous. Nailed it again. Um, like <laughs> the yeah. The speed factor, like their outfield is incredible. They can go get the ball. Um, they're pesky on the base pass. And Zach Gallon is a Cy Young contender. You know, the rest of their their um, their rotation is a little bit iffy. But I think I think that they could legitimately fight for a wild card spot. Um, especially if the Cardinals fall. So there you go. 
All right. James, you agree with uh, trading Alex real deal or do you got the D-backs of false hope? I, I, I agree with them, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Traden was great with his reasoning. <laughs> that was amazing. But I, I want to roll the tape back because I did have the D-backs as my preview team. And I talked about their young talent and I was like, wow, they're going to be pretty good in the, this year if they can if their pitching can figure it out. Pitching hasn't really figured it out, but the offense is doing more than enough to overcompensate for that pitching outside of Zach Allen. They're stealing bases like no other. They're super fast. It's like if you had a ton of SGAs from the Thunder on this D-back team, that's what, that's what you're looking at right now. It's really cool to see. And they've actually won against good talent in the Dodgers. So congratulations. That's a really big test. That's your first big test. And you did really well. So I think they are a in contention for a wild card spot. Yeah, I think D-backs are definitely a team that um, could be legit. I mean, that that offense, and they're super athletic. Um, they showed it this weekend. Um, it was very frustrating to watch on my end as a Dodgers fan, but they're good. They're very, they're a very, very good team. So let's, let's move on to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, again, a team that's been rebuilding for a long time, and they got they they got some they got some firepower this year. Although, side note, of course, O'Neill Cruz um, out for four months with a fractured ankle uh, during a during a, a, a slide at home plate, which is a huge blow to them. But that being said, they are seven and four. This is a team that's trying to work their way back up. We talked about it in the previews, maybe going towards the, the towards a positive direction. But Pirates, real deal or false hope in this quick start? Alex, what do you got? Pirates fans, lift your eye patches just a little bit and watch your team with two eyes instead of covering them, but it's false hope. I think you're you're going in the right direction. You have a beautiful ballpark. You have fantastic uniforms, and McCutcheon is back. The O'Neill Cruz injury is really a brutal, brutal, brutal injury for them, but um, I, I don't think they're a real playoff contender, but if they could get to like 75 wins – that is a huge step in the right direction for them. I know that's a big jump, um, but I think that's kind of their their ceiling at this point. James, what about you? Uh, I agree with Alex. False hope. I mean, the fact that O'Neill Cruz has broke his leg is terrible. I'm sorry. And I don't see um, Brian Reynolds, Reynolds having this OPS for that much longer. And he's a huge part of their offense right now. He's a huge part of the reason why they're winning right now. I just don't see him keeping that up for that much longer. And outside of that those are your two big guys andrew mccutcheon's really cool but he's older uh, so yeah false hope all right and then trading this team is going to be interesting um i actually think that there might be a little bit of hope here and the reason is is because the division's not good especially with the cardinals being as shit as alex and james say they are so with that said i do think that the pittsburgh penguins are going to make things very interesting i, I think, think that pirates, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me Get off the ice, bro. I know. I know. The, the Pirates <laughs> are going to make things interesting. Um, it, it it sounds like, you know, for me, I, you know, I, I think that the Pirates don't no longer have a roster of, of guys that like, why the fuck are you here? They they have some interesting, um, you know, veteran players in, in all avenues of the of the of the field and of the lineup. And I think that just brings a little bit of, you know interesting dynamic there's gonna there's some cohesion you're kind of feeling it and, and the guys are having fun with with their new sword uh you know sword or a uh, home run thing and it's things like that that i know it's small but it's it's, it's what brings teams together and, they, and they're gonna play for each other and and i know baseball may not always be like that but 
you know, if you can get just some, some guys gelling together and, and having fun and, and, and finding cohesion as a unit, I think that you start to play for each other. The bats start to work. The pitching starts to be good. And then you add in the fact that the Cardinals are like, who, what the fuck are the Cardinals going to be? We don't know about the Cubs. We don't know about the Reds. The Brewers are your, are your main big, you know, you know, contender in that, in that division. But you never, you never know what you can get if you have guys that are coming together. I mean, we look, we saw what the Giants did two years ago and it's like, holy shit. Could this be another giant situation? I don't know. I'm not saying it will be. I'm just saying things are looking interesting this year. Yeah, it's definitely good to see the Pirates kind of back in a positive light. Like it's been a long time since they've had teams that have made the postseason. So we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, definitely a team that's that's on the right trajectory. I don't know if it's quite there yet. I feel like it's a little bit of false hope, but I think it shows signs of what's to come for the future for this Pittsburgh team. Uh, last team we got is the Texas Rangers. Um, they're off to a really great start as well at seven and four. Uh, same question, you guys. Real deal or false hope for the Texas Rangers? James, what do you got? False hope. I'm just waiting for somebody in this rotation to get hurt. Um, Corey Seager did. Brom is probably going to get hurt pretty soon here because that's what happens. Evaldi also gets hurt often, and Heaney's not going to be able to strike out nine pitches in a row again. So, or nine batters in a row again. So, yeah, false hope. I'm hoping for false hope. Yeah, I do agree that injuries are certainly a concern for this team, but they, they got some talent and you never know what's going to happen. But uh, trading, what do you got? Real deal or false hope for the Rangers? Yeah, more in the false hope thing. That could be, you know, Corey Seager went down, I think. I think I saw that news today um, or just now, 18 minutes ago. He, he's out for he's out on injury. Um, also, I'm an Angels fan. So, um, you know, hopefully they just shit the bed. And also, are we thinking that this again? Are we thinking that the Houston Astros are this bad? No, they're not. So. <laughs> They're fucked. <laughs> yeah, I did not include the Houston Astros on, on this list. I thought about it, but I'm giving them a lot of grace. Again, I don't know why, but hangover. It's a hangover. hangover. Terrible. What's going on in Houston with the first baseman? I'm sorry. He's doing so bad. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we'll I, I think I'll wait for That's that fine. for that uh anniversary date to if the Astros are still in this situation, talk about them. But for now, I'm I'm, I'm gonna give them some grace. I think they they have earned it as much as I hate to say it, but um Alex, same question about the Rangers. I'm going to go false deal, uh, which is I don't. My answer is I don't know. If if they're healthy, I think they could be fighting for a playoff spot. It would also not surprise me if they were 30 games behind the Astros and the Mariners at the end of the season. So I'm gonna I'm leaning more towards false hope. I think they will eventually just things will catch up with them. Um, yeah between those three guys that James just mentioned, they'll miss at least 20 starts between them. Um, you know, I think the lineup looks better. It still looks a little weak to me. Um, and that, that division is, is better. And I think that's another a potential issue. I mean, like, I, I still think the angels are potentially a better team than they are obviously hard to trust the angels with anything. Um, but so I'm I'm gonna lean more towards false hope, but I'm a little I'm a little bit more on the positive side than the other guys. Nice, yeah, I I would agree kind of with Alex with what you're saying. I think I think there is reason for hope for this team. I I think that they they've got some guys that that can get the job done. I think they they've got a lot of talent. They got some, uh, you know, MVPs. They they got some Cy Youngs. They 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 they've got dudes that can get it done. But as James also mentioned, is that injuries are a huge concern for them. Um, can they stay healthy? If they can. I, it, it's very possible this could be a wild card team. I, I think they definitely could do that. Happen that 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 can happen, um, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, like it's a long season, but it's kind of fun to kind of 
look into these early starts and see if we can predict one one surprise and one disappointment because inevitably every season there always is. So we'll see if these uh, teams continue on the tracks or if they can rebound or if they falter, um, depending on uh, who you're looking at. But that's what I got for baseball um, this week. James, take it away. Good job, man. Real deal, false hope. Teams are concerned about and the Tampa Bay Rays. That was a lot of fun to talk about. Thank you, Tyler. That wraps up episode 143 of TLDR podcast. Thank you guys for listening. We talked about how right we're going to be if you listen to this tomorrow and the next day about NBA playoffs and how we're just so good at everything NBA. We talked about hockey and, you know, again, how right we are about the trophies that people are going to win. And then we talked about Tyler's second favorite thing in the whole wide world, and that is baseball. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great week. We will, and we'll see you next week.